When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. And yes, it is a Mackie and Judd production. It's not the actual show because, folks, it's bonus scoop time. Zolgad, a doogie. Of course, our friend from KSDP Television, Eyewitness News, and also the Scoop fame, and Declan, executive producing as always. Uh, all right, Dukes, let's get right to it. What can you tell me about the the uh, steam, the potential steam, Ben Simmons being available, and potentially the Timberwolves checking in on or or actively pursuing a guy who would improve their defense probably by miles immediately? What if I told you, Judd, by the way, thank you for your flexibility. Tuesdays, we normally record. My Tuesday was all over the place. Sure. How about some name dropping? Bonded with Mark Coyle for a bit yesterday. Bonded with Zeke Naji, who's in town for a few days. Denver Nuggets rookie from Hopkins High School. Plus the older son had a baseball game that I had to coach. Had to reverse my TV schedule. So thank you for your flexibility. Of course. What would you say, Judd, if I told you that Gerson has already planted that seed when it comes to Ben Simmons' interest. Now, not in the last few days, but recall that Daryl Morey, in his pursuit of James Harden, so before Houston moved Harden to Brooklyn, Philadelphia had interest, right? Philadelphia was willing to move Simmons to Houston. So among that hubbub, the Wolves, I'm led to believe, checked in. It's Mm -hmm. a logical fit, Judd. D'Angelo Russell and Ben Simmons played in high school together. When you look at the makeup of this Wolves roster, Ben Simmons fits in really well. Now, not like A-plus well because the shooting is a train wreck and this is a team that still needs shooting help. But when you talk about their defensive deficiencies, Ben Simmons is a legit first-team all-defensive player. Ben Simmons, on the ball, is as good a defensive player as there is in the entire league. In fact, Judd, he is really, really good at everything except the number one skill you need in the NBA. That's to put the ball in the basket. That's to get to the free throw line. Now, his free throw percentage in the postseason at 30-something percent doesn't necessarily represent the true free throw shooter he is. He's more in the 65-ish percent range, 62 percent which isn't great, but it's certainly a lot better than 34%. I think Philadelphia has to move him. I'm not going out on a limb on that. Mm -hmm. You know, heck, you hear from, you know, Kendrick Perkins, Magic Johnson, a lot of luminaries, league luminaries 
have chimed in on that topic, that Doc Rivers can say anything he wants publicly, but it's pretty clear that Doc and Daryl Morey will have to look to move Simmons this offseason. So, like, I get it. The Portland talk makes a lot of sense straight up for C.J. McCollum, that it's time with Portland making a transition with its coach, that that backcourt of Lillard and McCollum has gone as far as it can go, and it had an unbelievable run. Philadelphia needs shooting help. Seth Curry can only do so much. So, like, I get that. So, like, to me, the most logical trade partnership is Philadelphia with Portland. But make no mistake, I can promise you, Judd, Gerson is going to pick up that phone and call his dear friend, Daryl Morey, or they will meet this week in Chicago. All the league executives are in Chicago at the draft combine. They can just talk in person. I can promise you that Ben Simmons' name is going to come up among the Wolves' front office folks. All right, let's go down that path. When his name does come up, who might Daryl Morey be asking for in return when he talks to Gerson? I think he's going to start with, hey, you have this really good rookie, but hey, there are all sorts of expectations for your franchise. This would be Daryl talking to Gerson that you guys need to make a leap next season. And Ben can help you do that. You give us Anthony Edwards. You give us that dynamic wing. Do I think the Wolves are moving Anthony Edwards this summer? I don't. But I think the idea would be to be able to combine Ben with the threesome of Edwards, Russell, and Towns. I've seen a lot of different ideas, including from the brilliant Zach Lowe, suggesting for the Wolves to move Russell plus Beasley for Simmons. I get it from a from a financial standpoint that you have to move a bunch of money and you need to move some assets to get a player of Ben Simmons's caliber in spite of his postseason struggles. There's still right. enough trade value there. So I get it. I just I would be surprised if the Wolves were willing to include Russell in a package for Simmons. Beasley, 100%. The expiring contract of Ricky Rubio, probably, although on the lottery telecast on Tuesday night, Anthony Edwards was asked, you know, I'm paraphrasing slightly, but, you know, like what was, you know, the number one thing that stood out to you about your rookie year? Who was the most influential on your rookie year? He said Ricky Rubio. So there's all sorts of value in having Rubio here next year because of that relationship, that dynamic that he has formed with Anthony Edwards. But to me, if you have a chance to bring in a player of Ben Simmons' caliber and you need to move Rubio, you do it. Now, do I think Rubio and Beasley get you Ben Simmons? Absolutely not. You'd have to include a future first, if not multiple you know, future picks. Whether that's multiple firsts or a first and multiple seconds, although I don't think that's enough. I'm just telling you, Judd, when Daryl, and I'm telling you, I'm convinced it's when, not if, when Daryl Morey gets to that point of really openly shopping Ben Simmons, he's going to have a few options. I'm not suggesting 10 or 15 options, but Portland makes a lot of sense. Clearly the Wolves, possibly the Washington Wizards. I can go through a list of teams that make a decent amount of sense that I think Morey is going to have his choice of different offers to choose from. Mm-hmm. So it's on the Wolves to figure out how do we incentivize Maury, Philadelphia, to say yes to our offer and turn down other offers. I'm still dealing with that conundrum, but I'm just telling you, my sense is the idea would be to have Simmons play with D'Angelo Russell, not sending Russell to Philadelphia. How good potentially does this team become if you can pull off 
that trade, keep your big three and add a guy who is as good defensively as Simmons is. Yeah, I mean, I think they would make that leap. I mean, if you can find a way to make that happen, they are a surefire playoff team next year. Now, I can't tell you if they'll be the six seed, the five seed. Maybe they're the nine seed. Maybe they lose that first playing game and it's one and done, but they absolutely would be among the top 10 in the Western Conference. We don't even know definitively that the play-in tournament will stay for next year, but I think, you know, logically speaking, yeah. it's going to stick. It was a success this year. The NBA is not going to be one and done with the play-in tournament. So they would be really, really good, but make no mistake about this, Judd. The roster still needs help, still needs specifically shooting help, can still use some interior defense. That's why all this Miles Turner talk makes sense. When I talk about Ben Simmons being a legit first-team all-defensive player, Miles Turner is a legit third-team all-defensive player. I mean, he's up there. Like, he is a really good defensive player that Mm -hmm. has expanded his range, that he's comfortable not only guarding opposition big men that far away from the basket, although his better strength would be near the basket rim protection, but he can make three-pointers. Not in an incredibly high clip, but he's plenty fine shooting the three-point shot. So that's why, you know, you're hearing a lot of this Miles Turner buzz. That's the route for the Wolves to take, Judd. Whether it's Simmons, whether it's Turner, you know, I talked to Glenn Taylor about this a few weeks ago on the Scoop podcast. I talked to Gerson Rosas in May about this on the Scoop podcast. And I don't think it's necessarily breaking news, but the path for the Wolves to truly get better this summer is via the trade route. It's not via signing some street-free agent. What's the potential Miles Turner deal then? Well, I mean, I think that includes Ricky Rubio, but they have a guard, TJ, is it McConnell, O'Connell? I can't remember his name, the Arizona kid. He played at the University of Arizona. I think it's McConnell. He's a free agent, but he's a really good backup. They want to keep him. They have Malcolm Brogdon as their starting point guard. So the Pacers seem pretty darn set on what their backcourt is. Now, I'll I'll be interested to see who the Pacers hire as their next head coach. That will tell us a lot about the path that they will go down. But I think when you have Brogdon, when you have Sabonis, Two big-time players. Sabonis is really, really good. T.J. Warren will be back. He just missed the entire season. They made a nice move because I really like Karis LeVert. Like, I like a lot of the pieces Indiana has. I think Indiana could be a playoff team next year in the East. So depending on who they hire as a coach, like if they hire Terry Stotts or they hire Steve Clifford, a Mm -hmm. veteran coach, that will tell us that Indiana is going for it next year, that they're not trading Miles Turner for guys with some potential, some guys that maybe have some pretty good upside, that they would be looking for immediate help in return. So I first want to see who the Pacers hire as coach, but like I don't necessarily see the fit with Rubio there, but could you involve a third team? Always tough to make a three-team trade, but you know Rosas and Suchin Gupta, you know, let's not forget about Suchin in the in the Wolves front office, the creator of the trade machine. Right. Trust They're- me, they will explore all types of possibilities, including three and potentially four-team trades. So if you can ship Rubio somewhere else, Indiana gets what they need in, in that sort of scenario. Mm-hmm. Like, I wouldn't rule that out. Like, I could see Rubio moved where Turner ends up here. It may just not be right to Indiana. 
Dukes, how wet do you think Gerson and I guess Finch to a certain degree, how wet do you think they are to Beasley here? Because Beasley seems like a, a could be a definite chip. Uh, he can he can shoot, and w- when healthy, he can bring you something on the floor for sure. The flip side is the off-the-court trouble, the fact he gets hurt. Uh, I would think that that might be an attractive piece of a trade, which wouldn't which wouldn't be seen as breaking up your top three. Yeah, well, I mean, if you can get Simmons, Turner, you know, maybe we can go over some other names. Yeah, I mean, I think they're very open-minded to moving Beasley. I think a hurdle you have, Judd, is I just – not that I've taken the temperature of 20 front offices, but a few. Like, I don't know the team or teams that have a healthy opinion of Beasley. Maybe if That's fair. if the off-the-court stuff was non-existent, that he can help you enough on the offensive end. The defense is, you know, I mean, he doesn't play defense, right? But that's a lot of guys, you know, but he's just, he's not even a an average defensive player but he can help you like I thought Malik Beasley had a good offensive year at times he was the Wolves best player this Mm -hmm. past year so like he can play he can help you but yeah I mean those off the court issues like even this Judd like he's eligible for work release pretty quick here so he's sitting now in the Wright County Jail at least as of a few days ago I guess I haven't checked the jail roster in the last, you know, 24 to 48 hours. But, you know, pretty recently, you know, he's been sitting in the Wright County Jail. He's eligible pretty quick for work release. Like, let's see if the Wolves are interested in having him, you know, get out of jail. They'd have to sign a bunch of paperwork, then have him over at Mayo Clinic Square for summer workouts. Like, I'll be curious to see if the Wolves pursue that. Like, clearly, Beasley doesn't want to be in jail, right? Like, he's very, he's very open to getting the heck out of jail. And doing a work release we all would be. with the Wolves. But are the Wolves open to that? Or are the Wolves looking at it saying, you know what? Like, this is the penalty that that you face for, for doing that dumb stuff that you did. Mm-hmm. Like, we're not going to sign that paperwork. Like, go sit in the jail. You know, pay your pay your dues in, in that regard. That, that you were sentenced to, what is it, 90-something days, 100 days with good behavior can get minimized but like hey you're still going to be over in that jail for at least a few more weeks you know so I'll be curious to see if the wolves are are open to that but heck Malik would love to get out of jail but I'm just telling you even if even if Malik gets out of jail here in the next week two three weeks on a work release I don't even know if that tells us a whole lot I'm just telling you Judd like if a team wants Malik and the wolves can bring in a pretty good player or an all-star like a Simmons they are going to do that but I just I don't know. Like there was some talk last off season about maybe New York having some interest in Beasley, maybe Detroit, you know, and I, I pursued that a little bit and I just, I never, I never heard that buzz. I just didn't like, maybe that was driven by the Beasley camp from, from a leverage standpoint. But like, I, I don't sense the Knicks and the Pistons were like knocking down the door to get Beasley last offseason. The Meadows at Mystic Lake invites you to play their award-winning public golf course. It offers a unique, challenging, and scenic experience that both beginner and expert golfers will enjoy. The Meadows at Mystic Lake features over 7,000 yards of pristine bent grass fairways, trees and greens surrounded by acres of wildflowers and prairie plants. This oasis, just minutes away from downtown Minneapolis, provides a magical escape to nature. It's never too early to book a tea time or shop the pro shop. Stop in or visit GolfTheMeadows.com. That's GolfTheMeadows.com. Owned and operated 
supported by the Shakopee Mdwakatinsu community. Do, do you sense that Gerson's going to try to get back in the draft because the Wolves clearly lost their uh, what their first round pick, seventh overall, because that's where they fell in the lottery to Golden State from the D'Lo trade. The second round pick uh, was included in that as well. So right now in the two round draft, they have no picks. Um, I guess here's my question off that. Do you sense that they're going to try to get back in, in the draft too? And if you put the totality of Rosas's drafts together, you know, clearly Ant was a hit. But the problem is two years ago now, I believe Jarrett Culver looks like a huge miss. And so you're talking about Culver being a complete first round bust and then 2021, no first or second round pick. What do you think the strategy is? I think the strategy is that Leandro... Bomara, he was among their first-round picks last year. He had a really good final two-month run with his team overseas, both in the Spanish League and Euro League. His Mm -hmm. buyout is in the neighborhood of $900,000. The Wolves can pay a good chunk of that, but not all of that. So some of that money, you know, at least $100,000, will have to come out of Bomaro's pocket. But he comes over here, he signs his rookie contract, you know, he'll be making, you know, around $1.92 million a year. So grand scheme of things, can he pay $100,000 in a buyout, $150,000 in a buyout? Probably. So, like, if you're a Wolves fan and you're pissed off about how the lottery shook out Tuesday night or just it was a reminder that maybe you didn't like the Wiggins-Russell trade, just remember the Wolves do have this pretty good asset overseas that I'm telling you, I wasn't convinced last November that he'd be coming this year. But now that we know the Wolves don't have a top three pick, I was even checking today, Judd, like I think Bomaro is coming over this summer. I think he'll end up playing summer league with them. I think he ends up signing. I think Bomaro is coming over. So mm-hmm. do you buy a draft pick or trade for a draft pick? Right. If you can view Bomaro as your quote-unquote draft pick, your rookie that's coming in. I think there's a better chance because they've been bringing guys in for workouts. They are going to host a pretty big workout right after the 4th of July weekend here in town with multiple teams. So more draft prospects will come into town that I'm not quite sure. And this maybe goes, you know, along with every draft class, but I'm not quite sure there's much of a difference between prospect 38 and prospect 62. So what I'm getting at is with 60 draft picks, I think there's a better chance the Wolves go the Nas Reed route, the Ashton Hagen's route. Now Hagen's, did some stuff that he should not have done down at the G League bubble, and the Wolves ended up releasing him. But he was a good player for Kentucky that the Wolves signed after the draft last year to a two-way deal. Mm-hmm. Nas Reed went undrafted in 2019. The Wolves then signed him to a two-way deal. He showed them enough. They convert that to a standard NBA contract. I think it's more likely, Judd, that they identify a guy that they've brought in for a workout or who will be in town right after the 4th of July for a workout They identify a guy that in all likelihood is not going to get drafted, or if he's a late second-round pick, convince his agent to convince teams not to draft, you know, the player. That that player goes undrafted, then the Wolves have an immediate agreement late on draft night to sign that player to probably a two-way contract, probably not an Exhibit 10, probably a two-way contract, that that's the route that they'll land somebody from this draft class. To be clear as well, Duke, from – what we've talked about throughout the course of, of the months leading up to last night's lottery, you basically said that it would really hurt if the, if the Wolves got uh, pick four or five and lost that one. 
And they couldn't uh, get pick five, just the way oh, okay. you know, where but you the, move up, move down. They could not get pick five, but pick four would have been a disaster. But the point is, this is this is not nearly as big a blow at seven, correct? That is correct. In fact, I actually think the drop-off, a lot of people talk about the drop-off after pick five. I think the drop-off, Judd, is after pick six. That Scotty Barnes, like I've talked to David Thorpe, his son plays for Florida State. I've talked to some others that have sold me on the Florida State kid, that the three-point shot was not good for the Seminoles this mm-hmm. past year. It was below 30%. But if you look at his shot mechanics, then you look at just the number one thing NBA teams are looking for is a big wing that can score, that can put the ball on the floor. That's this Barnes kid from Florida State that I think he's a legit – in fact, after some workouts, maybe he even doesn't go six. Maybe he goes five, you know, or maybe even goes four. But that the drop-off truly is after six, that it's – in no particular order, Cade Cunningham, Evan Mobley, Jalen Suggs, the two G League players, Kaminga, and Jalen Green, then it's Barnes. So the drop-off comes right where the Wolves are giving this pick to Golden State pick seven. So it's not nearly the disaster it could have been. I also think, now, this is more opinion, not hardcore fact. I mean, you couldn't make this a, a hardcore fact, but you talk to enough people, and they'll tell you, Judd, the way Morrow played, the last two months that let's say he was in this draft that no, he's not pick seven, but he's also not pick 20, wherever they ended up with him, pick 23 or 24, that he probably would have been a late lottery pick. Maybe he goes pick 17, pick 16, that he is that good, that good of a prospect. So that's another way to look at it. I hate giving up first round picks, especially when you're a smaller market franchise you know, a franchise that doesn't necessarily have free agent attraction. I'm right. just not a big fan. And I'm also not convinced, though, that if Andrew Wiggins had stayed here, that he would have had the same production here this past year yes. that he had with the Warriors. That, that I do think there was something to be said about needing a change of scenery, that getting Russell here, somebody that Rosas has always had a healthy opinion of, getting Russell with his close friend, Carl Anthony Towns, that that was the price to pay that I don't think it's quite the train wreck that some fans think it is. You know, but now Golden State has picks 7 and 14. Like, I'll be curious to see what the Warriors do with those two lottery picks. Can they turn those two lottery picks into a decent veteran? But I'm just saying, like, if they had lost pick 4 or pick 6, right? Uh, that would have really hurt. Pick 7, I'm okay with. Clearly, it would have been better if they had lost pick 8 or pick 9. It wasn't going to be below 9, but... Seven, probably a happy medium. When does the Twins fire sale begin? Well, I mean, I talked with Derek Falvey for a while on Thursday like this. It was a Zoom. And then I was over at Target Field on the field for pregame interviews on Monday. And Falvey held court with a few of us. Now, that was a lot of Mike Bell talk before the Mike Bell ceremony later on on Monday. You know, but it transitioned to some other stuff. You know, so I've been around Derek you know, twice in the last, you know, six days, I sense that, yes, he's open for business, but that he just, he reminded me, and I've said this a lot, that most trades typically happen in those last 72 to 96 hours. That, yeah, while the Twins are ready to strike, that some other teams are still just waiting to see exactly where they stand, that they're not quite ready to give up the level of prospect that maybe the Twins are craving that that I think trades are coming, Judd. And all it takes is one new phone call 
one new offer, one new text message. So it's completely fluid. And I absolutely believe the Twins are going to sell multiple players. Now, maybe it's just Hansel Robles and Michael Pineda or Robles and Cruz or Robles and Simmons. I think Simmons is is like a good fit for the for the team that was just here, the Cincinnati Reds. They could use Angelton Simmons. Sure. Other teams could too, but I think multiple trades are coming. I'm not suggesting it's going to be like four or five trades, but if you put the over-under at one and a half, mm-hmm. I'll take the over. I just think it's more likely, you know, just reading between the lines of, of a bunch of things Falvey told me, Judd, I just I sense it's going to be closer to July 30th, that it's not happening, you know, in the next, you know, week or so. Okay, because I would think that Cruz has to be moved or should be moved. Simmons, Pineda, if if his arm is okay, which I guess is a question mark now. Robles, uh, if you could move Colome, but I don't think that you can. But I I don't see any upside to hanging on to any of those guys who are who are on either one year or in the last year of their contracts. I mean, at this point in time, and you're not going to break the bank for them, but I mean, get something back, right? You need to get something back, yeah. And I mean. Heck, on on Pineda, I talked to to Big Mike for a little bit on Monday. I had seen him, you know, 30 minutes prior throwing from 120 feet. He's on the IL right now, right elbow inflammation. He told me he doesn't need a rehab assignment, that he'll be ready to go here later this week. In fact, I believe he was put on the injured list nine days ago. It was Monday of last week, so he'd be eligible to come off the injured list, you know, like, tomorrow later this week that that according to him everything feels fine the elbow's fine he's ready to go so whether the twins agree remains to be seen but in Pineda's words he's ready to come off the injured list later this week so hopefully he remains healthy once he's back and yeah now I would entertain they have they have not gone down this road yet but I would entertain signing Pineda to a contract extension I'd have no problem if he's in the twins rotation next year I'll also tell you that Falvey very much told me, Judd, that he feels like this is more like a, a one-year blip. Those are more my words, not his words. But that they don't need to strip this thing completely down and go full rebuild. The Falvey, Falvey firmly is convinced right. that they absolutely can rebound next year. So, you know, does does that mean that, that Barrios isn't going anywhere? You know, Buxton, I suppose, has a chance to be back a little before July 30th. but. Uh, I'm just telling you this. I would have told you this before the the broken hand, Judd. Buxton wasn't going anywhere. He all be trade. Okay. Maybe Barrios. Although if I had to bet, I think Barrios is here August first, July thirty first. I don't think Barrios is going anywhere. But are they talking to him either? They have not. As like you got to do this. Somewhere. Yeah, I I sent a message knowing that we were having this conversation today. I've not heard back from sure. somebody in the know. But as of it was two Sundays ago. So as of like ten days ago. They had not gone down the path of of pursuing any sort of new extension talks with with the Brios camp. And in fact, Falvey, now journalism 101, I say this all the time. Why is this person lying to me? And I think Falvey is, for the most part, pretty darn honest. I asked Falvey, it's on the last scoop podcast. You can pull the audio if you want. I brought up the idea of approaching guys that are free agents after next year. Taylor Rogers, Byron Buxton, Jose Brios. I brought up the idea of circling back to the agents just to renew extension talks and see if you can make a deal happen. If you can't make a deal happen by July 30th, then I would pursue, like with Taylor Rogers. if you can't get Taylor Rogers signed to an extension in the next four and a half weeks, mm-hmm. I absolutely 
would move him. I just think with with bullpen arms, as good as he's been, like Taylor Rogers is really good. Yeah, he's bounced. You know, back I think we're too. starting to to see that he just last year was a lot of bad luck, and last year was also a two month sample size. Right, right. That was not a six month full season sample size, but there was some bad luck last year. The Taylor Rogers is a really really good reliever, but I still think you can find guys. I really do. Like you can find they guys sure on one year deals for a million dollars that can help you for the most part. Robles for two million this year has been pretty good. Like I'm yeah. just I'm not a big fan of paying relievers huge money on multi year deals. That I just I think on a yearly basis, so many relievers, it's cyclical. Bad one year, good the next. That I think you can find guys that way. You know, I think Alcala has a really bright future. I think they have some other guys that have some potential. You know, maybe a guy like Cantorino can help them out of the bullpen as soon as next year. You know, there's some other guys that I'm just – I wouldn't go down the path of paying Rodgers. Let's say he wants – I don't even know what the exact comp is. I mean, uh, it's not Chapman. It's not Kenley Jensen. Right. I don't even know what a good comp is. I'd have to look. I, I haven't studied it, Judd. Maybe you know. Uh, but let's say he's looking for three years, $24 million. Do I want to pay Taylor Rodgers $24 million guaranteed? $8 million a year? Probably not. Although some might say that's an incredibly fair deal that his numbers mirror some relievers that make 10, 11, 12, 13 million dollars a year. But I'm just telling you my own personal Somebody would opinion. Pay that. No question. I'm not big on on investing big time money with big time term. And to me, three years for reliever is pretty big time term. I'm just not big on on investing that sort of money yep. in a reliever. But you know, if you can come to some sort of happy medium, two years with some sort of vesting option where the money isn't super ridiculous, like, okay, if you can come to that sort of agreement, like I wouldn't say stupid move re-signing Taylor Rodgers. I'm just telling you, me personally, I'm not big on giving a reliever. Like if he wants a guaranteed three mm-hmm. or a guaranteed four, which I think that's where the agent would start at, uh, maybe negotiate down from there, but would start there. If I'm Falvey and Levine, I would not do that. Oh, on on uh, Cantorino and Duran. Do you have an update? Both of them are out now. Duran, I think, has forearm soreness, which is not a good thing because that can be a definite precursor to Tommy John. What's the concern about those two? Yeah, well, I mean, we talked to Falvey on Monday about Duran, and uh, short answer is we'll know more here pretty quick. And, okay, so he said that Monday. So that's a good reminder, Jed. I will I will send a message. I do not have a okay. full answer on Duran. I can tell you on Cantorino, uh, he's been throwing a little bit. He's there's not a fear, put it this way. There's not a fear that Cantorino is a long-term injury that he needs a, that, that there is some optimism that, that he can be back sooner rather than later. Gotcha. Thank you, Doogie. Great stuff. Much you got appreciated. It, Absolutely. One other note, Jericho Sims, Minneapolis native. Yep. He's been testing off the charts at the combine. Just played his last four years of college basketball at Texas. He is maintaining his eligibility if he wants to play for somebody, probably not Texas with the coaching change, the way they've remade their roster. And I don't know if he'd want to go play for Shock at Marquette, but he did play for Shock of Smart the last four years. But anyway, his athleticism is testing off the charts. He had a draft interview this morning with the LA Lakers. He has a few more tomorrow, a few more Friday. No, he's got the Pistons, the Bucks, the Heat, the Jazz, the Nuggets, and I'm leaving out a name or two top of my head, but Jericho Sims is is generating at least a a decent amount of buzz here at this week's Combine. Great scoopage. We'll talk to you soon, Doogie. Okay, see you, Judd. Bye-bye. 
This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup, so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone.